15 verses. Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. This is the word of the Lord. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. And the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Thus far our reading of scripture. So as some of you might know, I believe most of you know by now, I'm from Hamilton, Ontario. And one time when I was in Hamilton, uh, I was hanging out downtown for a while, uh, waiting for uh, a city bus to bring me over to McMaster University. And and while I was waiting there, uh, this man kept on standing a little bit away from me and he was making eye contact with me and it was a little strange. And eventually he came over and started talking to me. But it was just as my bus was showing up. And so he talked to me a little bit. I couldn't really focus on what he was saying. But as I got onto the bus, uh, he, he thrust uh, a pamphlet into my hands. And so as I got on the bus, I, I looked at this pamphlet. And what I saw in big, bolded letters all over it uh, was phrases like, Jesus is coming. Uh, are you ready for judgment day? Are you ready to meet your maker? And uh, I don't know what you would do if you were in my shoes, but I kind of chuckled to myself. Uh, I rolled my eyes a little bit, and I just threw the pamphlet in my bag or something like that, because I was thinking, of course I'm ready. Of course. Uh, I grew up in church. I've gone to church all my life. Uh, I'm literally on my way to study, to go to seminary, to be a pastor. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready for Jesus to come. But, But as I was studying for this passage, I realized that when I really didn't consider the question, I, I absolutely should have considered the question. Because it's a scriptural question, right? And it's one that Jesus is asking us in a, in a, a shocking way in this passage. He's speaking to his disciples and he's telling them he's going to go away for a time and he'll come back at an unexpected time to judge the living and the dead. And so the question of the text today for the disciples, but for us as well, is, are you ready? Are you personally ready to meet Jesus Christ when he comes back? Because the message of the parable is, get ready. Because Jesus is coming. And we see three things in this text. We see the what, and the how, and the when. We see what to, get, what to prepare for with Jesus coming. 
uh, how to prepare for Jesus' coming and when to prepare for Jesus' coming. And so our passage today, it starts by telling us what to prepare for. And what we need to realize is we're in Matthew chapter 25 right now. I don't know how familiar you are with Matthew, but in Matthew 26, that's when Jesus is about to be taken away from his disciples. He's going to be arrested soon after he's going to be killed. And if you read through the book of Matthew, what you'll see is the disciples are starting to understand his teaching, but they're still very confused. His disciples still have a lot of questions about what exactly Jesus' kingdom is going to look like, what it means that he's going to be the Messiah. And so in this passage, Jesus is, is teaching them in earnest that, that soon he's going to be taken away, he's going to be killed, he's going to go away for a time, and he's going to come back at an unexpected time, and they, they need to be ready. And in order to understand this illustration that Jesus uses here, we just read about a wedding. We need to kind of get away from our ideas of weddings that we're familiar with today. I know some of you just went to a wedding yesterday. Some some of you just two days ago. And you need to realize that looks nothing like the kind of weddings that Jesus is talking about. Because Jesus is just using a, a perfect illustration for what he's trying to teach. But it looks nothing like our weddings today. So marriages back then, they happened in two stages. So first of all, there was a betrothal. And so then the the groom-to-be, he would go over to the the bride-to-be's house. And and there he would pay the bride price for for the bride. And from there, the couple was considered married. That was it. Done deal. If they wanted to uh, split apart, they would have to get a divorce. But then... At your wedding, what we would consider maybe the happiest day of your life, then, then the groom would leave. The groom would just go away, leave, leave his bride where she was, and he would go for a year, sometimes more, and he would start to prepare things, prepare things for their future. He, he would prepare uh, the house that they would move into, and he would prepare a huge seven-day banquet feast to be celebrated at a later date. And when everything was perfect everything was just right, then the groom would come back. He he would get his bride. And then they would parade all through the streets of the little town. All the neighbors would come out and they would celebrate. And they would go back uh, to their their new home. And there they would have a huge banquet lasting a week or more. And so, what Jesus is talking about here is that This is what he wants the disciples and what he wants us to be picturing as well. To start to understand exactly what Jesus is doing at this point of his ministry. So just think about what a beautiful picture that is. In these days, Jesus was there. The groom was there. This is imagery used all in the Old Testament for Israel and the New Testament for the church. But the groom was there just for a little while. He's there just to pay the price for his bride. And of course, we, we know what the price for his bride was, right? It was an unimaginable, unbelievable price that he was going to pay to save those disciples and to save you and me. Uh, just a couple of days after the text that we read, Jesus was going to be arrested. He was going to be beaten. He was going to be crucified. But in that way, he was going to pay for the lives of his church, for you and me. And then he was going to go away. 
He was going to leave for a time. He was going to go and prepare a place for his bride. And that's the time that Jesus is warning the disciples about. The time that's coming up soon for them. The time that we are living in now. And so he describes it in this parable uh, as ten virgins. Uh, These virgins, they're a lot like bridesmaids that we have today. And so they were just young, uh, unmarried women. And their job was to wait for the groom to come back at an unexpected time to, to, get his jo- uh, to get his bride and start parading through the streets. And then at some point they would join in this huge celebration and they would carry the torches at the front of the celebration and go into this unimaginable, unimaginable banquet feast. And so Jesus wants us to think of ourselves uh, as these ten bridesmaids. Uh, we, we are bridesmaids who know all about the bridegroom. We know all of that about the wedding that is to come. Uh, I don't know about you, but I remember back to my wedding day, and I think some of uh, my little nieces, uh, some of our little family friends, they might have been more excited for the wedding than we were. And so imagine, yeah, the, these bridesmaids, how excited they would be for this day. They've probably learned everything that they're supposed to do. They, they've learned as much information uh, as about uh, the wedding as they possibly could have. And that's supposed to be a picture of us. And it's a pretty accurate picture, right? We, we come to church week in and week out, and, and we learn over and over again about the, the bridegroom. Uh, we learn about the wedding feast that is to come. And I think it's fair to say, uh, are all of us pretty excited for heaven? I, I hope we're all pretty excited to go to heaven, this wonderful banquet feast. But Jesus is asking, even the disciples, even church members, people who know about heaven, people who are excited to go to heaven, he's saying, wait a minute. Are you really ready for me to come back? Are you sure that you're ready? And that's our second point. How do we actually get ready for this banquet feast? How do we really make sure that we're ready to meet Jesus? Because Jesus is asking this question for a reason. He is trying to warn us that many of his followers, many people in the church, churches just like this one, many people are going to be absolutely certain that they're ready for Jesus to come back. They're going to be longing for him to come back like these bridesmaids were so excited for the wedding. Uh, If a street preacher would come up to these church members and say, hey, are you ready for Jesus to come back? They would probably roll their eyes, laugh to themselves, shove the pamphlet in their school bag and say, of course, of course I'm ready for Jesus to come back. But what we see in this passage is 10 of these bridesmaids, they're, they're waiting, they're waiting, they wait so long, they even fall asleep. They're that sure that they're ready. Everything's settled, they just need Jesus to come back. But then the shout comes out, the bridegroom is here, come out to meet him. And you can imagine their excitement. Uh, the, all the virgins, they get up, they, they start trimming their lamps, trying to light their torches. And five of them, no problem. Their torches light up. They're even more excited. They're ready to join this huge wedding feast. But the other five, the other five who were just as sure that they were ready, they can't get their torches lit. Suddenly they realize their horrible mistake. That They had spent time learning about the wedding. They had gotten dressed up. They had done their hair. They went to wait by the road. They even slept for hours. And then the moment of truth comes and they realize they didn't bring any oil. 
They weren't ready at all. They, they never were ready. If they ever had any oil, it had run out long ago. Can you even imagine? Can you maybe start to imagine how their excitement turns to dread? They just get that, that feeling in the pit of their stomach uh, of, of distress and disgust and, and fear. Uh, I think maybe it's hard for some of us to imagine that we're bridesmaids at a wedding. So maybe it's easier to picture it this way, especially for the gentlemen among us. So imagine for a second that uh, you finally have an opportunity to go on your dream vacation. So you've been planning this vacation for years and years. You know exactly where you want to go. You have everything planned. Or if you're not the planning type, you have nothing planned. Whatever. Uh, everything's paid for, non-refundable. But you're so excited to go on this trip. You've even gone out, done all the preparation you could. You, you've bought new luggage, new clothes for your trip. You are packed and ready to go well in advance. And you're just waiting for the day of your flight to come, ticking down the hours. So excited. But then finally, the time comes to leave for the airplane. And you realize you have no idea where your passport is. And so you start looking around frantically, trying to find it. All your preparation, all your excitement, it's useless if you can't find it. But as you search, the time passes by, you miss your flight. All your excitement turns to dread. All your planning, everything was for nothing. It was useless. And that's what the foolish virgins had, but they had that uh, infinitely worse. They tried to light their lamps and uh, they realized that everything that they had done was useless and they had forgot the most fundamental part of their preparations. They had brought the lamps, they, they had got dressed up, but they hadn't brought the fuel for the fire. Carrying the torch was their main job. And the moment arrived and they found out they were completely unprepared. And Jesus says that is exactly what it's going to be like when he comes back. The church will be full of people who are convinced they are ready to meet him. So long they've been fallen asleep waiting. But the truth is some won't be. And I don't know about you, but I think this passage would be a whole lot less disconcerting if Jesus said one of the bridesmaids wasn't ready. But nine of them were fine. But Jesus doesn't say that, does he? In our parable, he says five of them were ready. Five of them were not. And some people use this uh, parable to paint a very bleak picture of the church. I don't know if that's warranted. But I, I think you have to consider that what Jesus is asking each of us to do is really consider, am I ready to meet Jesus? Am I ready for when he's going to get here? But the question still remains, what does it mean to get ready? And what I came across studying this passage is that there are two different ways that this parable is often taken. And I know my inclination at first was to read it the wrong way. And so I imagine I'm probably not alone in that. Uh, but some people, the, their first reaction to read this is to wonder, okay, Jesus is asking, am I a true Christian? Right? Am I a true Christian who's ready for Jesus to come back? And then you start to think, okay, well, what does a, a true Christian look like? And you start to wonder, do, do I read my Bible enough? Do, do I pray enough? Look around in your life for true Christians and look what they look like. Uh, do I look enough like them? Uh, am I going to be holy enough to meet Jesus? Am I going to be good enough 
to meet Jesus? Am I, am I going to be wise enough? And that's a really distressing thought. Because when we read this parable, I don't know about you, but when you hear about wise virgins and, and foolish virgins, I think a lot of us would probably feel that, if we're being honest, we'd probably more likely fall into the foolish category than that we're particularly wise. And so we might worry, no, no, we won't be good enough when Jesus arrives. We'll think that we were good enough, but really we weren't. And I've heard some people preach this parable that way. Uh, but really, if you think that is the point of this parable, then, then in all honesty, you've completely missed the point. Because what we need to realize is that in all of the external things, all the outward things, the foolish virgins and the wise virgins, they looked exactly the same, didn't they? Maybe they had a little flask of oil hidden somewhere. Maybe they didn't. But they, they were all dressed up. They were all ready to go. They were all waiting by the road. They all had their torches or their lamps. And so if we apply that to the church, those who are wise, those who are foolish, they should look the same from the outside. They might do their devotions. They might say their prayers. Might go to Christian schools. Maybe attend church twice every Sunday. Maybe they're elders. Maybe they're seminary students or pastors. So we need to realize what made some virgins ready and other ones not ready wasn't these external things. It wasn't that some of the virgins were um, yeah, more beautiful or, or they had nicer lamps or anything like that. The only difference was they had the fuel. They had the fuel that gave all of the other stuff, all their other preparations, it gave them meaning. So the foolish women, they, they looked like true Christians. They had some outward marks of Christianity. But they didn't have the fuel that gives that church attendance, that gives those devotions, that gives those prayers any meaning. They didn't have the true faith in Jesus Christ. They had clung to the outward pictures. They thought by having those things, they, they were convinced that they were ready. But then they lost the fuel. They didn't have the one thing that you truly need before you meet God, before you meet your maker, before you meet Jesus Christ. And devotions and Bible studies and prayer, these things are all absolutely vital for the life of a true Christian, but they're not what makes a true Christian. They're things that a true Christian does because they have faith in Jesus Christ and their Savior and the one who can take away their sins. And so you can go to church every Sunday and you can profess your faith or be an elder or a deacon or a pastor. You can even bring others to Christ. But if you, if you yourself don't repent and believe in Jesus Christ, if you don't trust in him and love him yourself, it's worthless. It's just for show. And without faith, what we see in this parable, when you meet Jesus, you'll be terrified. And you'll be locked out. That's what these foolish uh, bridegrooms or bridesmaids had. They knocked on the door and called out to Jesus. And he said, truly I tell you, I don't know you. I don't know you. And then you can say anything you want in response. You can say, but I waited for you. I was by the road. But, but I went to church. I went to Christian school. My, my friends and my family are in there with you. But Jesus' answer is, I don't know you. We hear something similar in Matthew 7. 
There Jesus warns, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons and perform many miracles? But then I, Jesus, will tell them plainly, I never knew you. And the truth of the gospel is that you can't get ready to meet the bridegroom by yourself. The fact is that uh, you and me, we cannot get into heaven on our own. The only way to be ready for Christ's second coming is to get to know him. It's to repent of our sins and flee to him. Pray that we might be born again. Because that's the way to join with him and go into heaven. We need to acknowledge our sin and unworthiness and flee to Christ. We need to depend on him alone for our salvation today and then every day again. And so it's important not to understand this parable in the wrong way. We need to realize Jesus isn't saying, get your act together. Make sure you're good enough to meet me because we never will be. But nevertheless, he's giving a shocking, shocking warning. That many people, they'll keep on coming to church. They'll keep on doing their devotions. They'll keep on being elders or deacons or whatever. But they might just lose the fire. They might just lose the thing that gives it all meaning. They might lose their faith in Jesus Christ. And so he's warning that some are going to look ready. Some are going to think they're ready, but they won't be ready. They'll have all the things that accompany true Christianity, true faith, but they won't have the heart of it. They won't have Jesus Christ. And so we've heard a little bit about what Christ's return will be like. It will be like a great wedding feast. And we've heard how to get ready. It's by believing in Jesus Christ alone for our salvation. And finally, our third point is when should we get ready for Christ's return? And the answer, of course, is right now, as soon as possible. And I think we can say that, but often, if you look at our day-to-day life, we don't necessarily live that out, do we? But Jesus says in verse 13, Keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. And we really, we really don't. Jesus warns us that someday it will be too late. Either he will come back or, or we'll be taken to him. And no one knows the day or the moment when we'll be called to give him an account. And that is so true. Uh, while I was uh, writing this sermon, I came across a story uh, from a, I believe, mid-50s minister. And that minister also uh, wrote a sermon on this passage. And, it, and he preached it in his own church one Sunday. A couple nights later, he had a heart attack. He passed away. He had just preach that your life could be demanded from you anytime. And it was so true. And the same thing is true for us. We, we simply don't know when Christ will return or we don't know when we'll be taken to him. And so Jesus is warning his disciples right before he leaves and he's warning us as well. Do not believe the devil's lies. Don't believe our own laziness that we're so prone to. Don't believe that we can put off getting serious about our faith. How easy is it to start thinking like that? I just had my second kid. It's a really busy time. I know some of you have a lot more kids. You probably don't feel bad for me. But it's so easy just to start to think, uh, I don't have to take my devotion seriously. I don't have to take my relationship with Jesus seriously right now. Can I just wait a little while longer? Can I just put off some of this good stuff? I'll take my faith more seriously in a couple weeks. Just not right now. People can say, oh, I can wait till after high school or after college 
or until my kids are a little bit older, or my, my work schedule just needs to calm down first. But, but this parable tells us, no, it can't. This is number one priority. Don't let anybody tell you different. Jesus is saying, get ready now. Now is the time to prioritize your faith in Jesus Christ. His warning reminds us so clearly of the words of Isaiah 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake the ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. What a beautiful truth that is. And when you put it that way, I don't know how we possibly delude ourselves into putting it off. What could be a higher priority than turning to God and going to him for forgiveness and for mercy and help and new strength each day? And so Jesus warns us, don't wait till it's too late. Don't let the, the, the oil that feeds our religion run out. But instead, seek Jesus Christ constantly while he still can be found. And the wonderful news of this parable is that if you do believe in Jesus Christ and constantly go back for, for forgiveness and for new mercy each day, well, what you find is that you are ready to meet Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful truth that often gets lost in this parable? I think when we read this parable, we, we focus on the shock factor uh, of the five foolish virgins, those who weren't ready, and understandably so. I think that's the main point of the parable. But it's, it's helpful to take some time to think about the wise virgins as well. Uh, we get caught up thinking about those who thought they were ready but weren't. But how about those who thought that they were ready, who knew that they were ready? And they were. They truly were. If you look at the wise virgins in this story, they weren't frantically running around trying to get ready for, to, for Christ. They weren't frantically trying to make themselves good enough to meet him. The truth was, they were ready. They too, they went outside, they, they, they fell asleep by the road they were waiting so long. And then they hear the call, the bridegroom is here, come out to meet him. They got up, and they went into the great banquet feast with Christ himself. And so the truth that we can rest in as well, is that we have true rest in Jesus Christ. We don't need to frantically try and make ourselves right with God. Christ makes us right with God. We need to reflect on that beautiful truth. And if he waits a while and we go to sleep and rest, we can rest assured. If Christ calls us home at midnight tonight, perfect. What could be better than that? We're ready, not because of what we've done, but because of what Christ has done. But still, there's one more small aspect to consider as we wrap up this sermon. Uh, the, the fact is, we, we don't know when Christ will come back. So likely, we will go to bed tonight. And though we long to hear the cry, the bridegroom is here, and be woken up to that, likely we'll be woken up by our annoying alarm clocks, or, or, or maybe our kids. And then we'll have another day again. And so what do we do tomorrow then, if Jesus doesn't call us home or return? Well, I love the way Charles Spurgeon explains this parable. He says then, in a sense, you've been double blessed. You've been blessed with salvation. Uh, you've been blessed with eternal life in Jesus' name. 
And so tomorrow morning, ask the question again, am I ready to meet Jesus? And go to him, repent and believe in him and say yes. But then recognize your second blessing is the gift of a little more time to prepare. Charles Spurgeon, he explains it as uh, if you're going to an important meeting and you get there a little bit early and so you have some time to rehearse your lines, brush off your sleeves, your jacket, comb your hair, get a little bit more ready. And so we can ask, what else would we like to do before Jesus calls us home? What else would we like to have prepared before he arrives? Now, maybe there are some people that we would really love to share the gospel with. That's an easy example. Maybe we would like to spend some more time in the word with our kids. Make sure they're getting to know our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Maybe we would like to fight some sins harder. Know, know God's word a little bit better. Maybe we would like to be a bit more of a blessing to his church. And we'll talk more about this this afternoon as well in the next service. But the truth is that in Jesus Christ, we're completely blessed with everything that we need for salvation. And now even we're, we're blessed a little bit with a little bit more time. I know the parable doesn't go this way, but how wonderful would it have been if those wise virgins had a little bit more time to recognize that the foolish virgins didn't have their fuel. They could have warned them a little bit earlier. They could have brought them with them. So brothers and sisters, Jesus is coming. Are you ready? Are you ready? Because we don't know when he'll arrive, so get ready now. And this parable, it's sort of like Jesus is sending out a street preacher with a pamphlet with words all over it saying, get ready, Jesus is coming. And don't be like me. Don't just ignore the question, but take it seriously and consider it. And also ask you, if I'm ready, well, how about my kids? How about my parents? How about my neighbors? Amen.